There is so much influence by that religion on American politics that it doesn't really matter whether or not this person is in church on Sunday raising her hands and speaking in tongues. That doesn't matter. It's the effect of this kind of thinking on our government. And what concerns me more is how women not only put up with this shit, but will fight for it. Science tries, literally tries, to disprove itself in its effort to ensure being right. How many pastors are out there exegeting scripture looking for the chinks in the armor? I have to wonder about that. If you're going to stand there and basically admit that you don't understand your constituents, then your constituents should do something about that. There are more of us than there are of them. Less than half of the people in this country identify as religious at all anymore. Why do we keep giving people who will never adequately represent us the power to hijack our representative government? Welcome to Unbound, a podcast for new atheists and lifetime atheists, ex-evangelicals, truth seekers, and free thinkers. There is life after faith. And life here is good. It's time for a new perspective and a better conversation. I'm Spider. And I'm Shell. And it's time to get unbound. You know, our government is a total clusterfuck, a comedy of errors, a total laughing stock that the entire world is laughing at and with good reason. Mm -hmm. And so much of it stems from the influence of a certain religion Mm. that shall not remain nameless as we go here. I'm Spider. (laughs) And I'm Shell. And this week we have several stories of legislative travesties that your representative government is spending your tax dollars to argue and force into laws, regulations, and public policy. And we're going to end off with a story more ironic than Rayane on your wedding day. (laughs) It's nonsense and sensibility. Just the facts, please. Grade anatomy, and that can be such a drag, And yeah, repentance would be good here in a segment that I'm titling Christians Behaving Badly, The Politics of Enhancing Edition. Now, I learned early on that it's never a good idea to try to dress your wife. We've told this story before. (laughs) Yeah. Or any other woman for that matter. And it amazes me that a man had to be the voice of reason in this first story. So Shell, tell us about that. One of the first things the new Michigan House of Representatives did when the Republicans took over wasn't to fix any problems that people actually wanted fixed. You would think that would be job one. You would think. But these are Republicans, so yeah, don't expect that from them. I don't expect much from Republicans, except maybe tension headaches and, Uh and that sort of thing. A lot of those. Jonathan Pierce on Only Sky writes, with stricter regulation of women's reproductive health, we are now seeing similar regressive attitudes concerning women's dress codes. In Missouri last week, lawmakers took on a new set of rules that requires female representatives to cover their shoulders by wearing a jacket such as a blazer, cardigan, or knit blazer. Initially, the ruling didn't include cardigans until Democrats argued that jackets would inhibit pregnant women. They should have argued more than that, but okay. Yeah. While this wouldn't seem to be explicitly a Christian behaving badly, it tracks with their body of work, doesn't it? Oh, it certainly does. This rule was brought forward by Representative Ann Kelly, a Republican, and it passed 105 to 51. Of course, there was some pushback from Democrats. You know what it feels like in this room to have a bunch of men in this room looking at your top to decide whether it's appropriate or not? said State Representative Ashley Aune, 
a Democrat, adding that the entire debate was ridiculous. At this point, Kelly, who brought forward the rule, appeared to have grown frustrated. She then retorted that it was indeed ridiculous that her colleagues were engaging in such a heated debate over her proposed changes. Lady, you're right, it is ridiculous, Kelly said. It is absolutely ridiculous that we have to talk about it on the House floor in the House chamber. Why should we even talk about something like this? Yes, why should you even talk about this? She has a point. I mean, she's on the wrong side of the argument, but she has a point. Now, maybe you can take your own advice and just shut the fuck up. (laughs) Aune responded by pointing out that it was Kelly's proposal that started the debate. You brought this to the floor, lady. You tell me. It almost sounds like Parliament at this point. Yeah. You know, if you've ever watched anything on whatever it is, C-SPAN, yeah. when they televise the English Parliament, yeah, there's this kind of very impolite back and forth that happens. Yeah. And I think that we can take a leaf from that book once in a while and be a little bit less polite when idiots like this, <laughs> when women like this, yeah. stand there and try to present themselves as representative of their female constituents and start imposing these things on other women. That's the crazy part about this, is that this is a woman imposing these puritanical guidelines on other women. And now it doesn't say specifically that she's evangelical, Mm. but you can infer it by all of the things that comprise this conversation. You can pretty much infer it. I don't know for sure. But like I've said before, it doesn't really matter whether or not the person is an evangelical or not. There is so much influence by that religion on American politics that it doesn't really matter whether or not this person is in church on Sunday raising her hands and speaking in tongues. That doesn't matter. It's the effect of this kind of thinking on our government. And what concerns me more is how women not only put up with this shit, but will fight for it. I can completely understand Aune's frustration here. All the policing of women's bodies and clothing is it's infuriating. Very. Some Democrats refuse to cast a vote one way or another. Democratic State Representative Peter Meredith took a measured approach in refusing to cast his vote. I don't think I'm qualified to say what's appropriate or not appropriate for women, and I think that is a really dangerous road for us all to go down, he said. Gee, you think? He also pointed out how Republicans had remonstrated about how the state had required them to wear masks, and this was for public health and the potential for public health dangers to constituents. It seems that this is rich hypocrisy to demand a dress code in the name of social mores rather than public safety. Now, people, keep this in mind. The people perpetrating these legislative shenanigans are all on the public payroll. Your taxes fund these discussions and debates. Remember that as we continue here, because here comes another example. Elsewhere in the United States, the Montana State Senator Daniel Emrich has submitted a bill that would basically destroy science classes by permitting them to only teach scientific facts. But nothing else. Don't you go bringing those science theories around. This bill, LC2215, demonstrates the bill writer's complete misunderstanding of science. Hemet Mehta on Only Sky writes, The bill claims that a scientific fact is observable and repeatable, while a scientific theory is purely speculative. That's nonsense, of course. 
Since the theory of evolution and climate change, to name just two examples, have mountains of evidence supporting them to the point where they're a foregone conclusion. But they could theoretically be discredited by evidence to the contrary. He goes on, the idea that facts are all that matter in science would be a shock to any actual scientists. Even the National Science Teaching Association notes that the primary goal of science is the formation of theories. Theories do not become laws even with additional evidence. No, but that doesn't mean that they aren't true and correct. Right. It's a point of disconnect for a lot of people, not just evangelicals, because we all think that we know the definitions of certain words. Mm. But there's a little thing called context that you have to apply, especially when it comes to things like scientific theory. It's something that some people are just ignorant to, and it's also something that some people choose to be ignorant to. And the latter group is very dangerous, and they are what we're dealing with right here. It's no surprise that people who want to toss out scientific theories are usually pretty certain that we should be replacing them with mythology. Yeah, what about that? Creationists don't want evolution taught in schools, but they think the book of Genesis is a valid explanation for the creation of life. The flat earthers have nothing but conspiracy theories on their side, and anti-vaxxers are buoyed by debunked papers and a bunch of very loud, very confident, and very ignorant grifters. Actually, that's an even more dangerous category, isn't it? Yeah. The ones who know that it's bullshit mm-hmm. and perpetuate it for personal gain. It's just, it's exactly what televangelists do. Yeah. As it turns out, Daniel Emmerich is just one such right-wing conspiracy theorist. He believes the COVID vaccines are a crime against humanity, that elections were stolen because his side lost, and that Dinesh D'Souza is a voice of reason. His Facebook bio says he's Christian and proud of it. And after a Congress member's teenage daughter died suddenly last October, he apparently responded by blaming, you guessed it, the COVID shots. Of course. They're doing that all over the place now. Oh, it's, it, it's extending to flu shots now, too. Yeah. So let's all prepare for that big debate. I mean, flu shots have been around for how long? Yeah. And I get one every year and I'm still here. Yeah, right. I've been jabbed three times with COVID vaccines and I'm still here. Mm-hmm. You know, But that brand new debate is coming around the mountain, folks. I'm just putting that out there. It's yeah. coming. Who knows how far this bill will go with a supermajority of the Montana State Senate being Republican. The National Science Teaching Association and the National Center for Science Education have both come out with statements denouncing this bill. Will this matter to Montana Republicans? Probably not. I'd say definitely not. Mm. And, you know, these people flat out refuse to educate themselves as to what a scientific theory is. So if you're an evangelical and all your scientific knowledge comes from your pastor or your Christian school education curriculum, allow me just a couple of minutes to elucidate this for you. This is from the Wikipedia entry on scientific theory. A scientific theory is an explanation of an aspect of the natural world and universe that has been repeatedly tested and corroborated in accordance with the scientific method, using accepted protocols of observation, measurement, and evaluation of results. Where possible, theories are tested under controlled conditions in an experiment. In circumstances not amenable to experimental testing, theories are evaluated through principles of abductive reasoning. Established scientific theories have withstood rigorous scrutiny and embody scientific knowledge. Okay, so what is abductive reasoning? Because it's another one of those words 
that science throws a curveball at you with just a little bit in terms of what it means in context. And yeah, it sounds ominous when you think about how most of us define the word abduction. But like with a lot of the English language, you do sort of have to roll with it and understand the context of the word. Abductive reasoning in this instance is described this way. Unlike deductive reasoning, abductive reasoning yields a plausible conclusion but does not definitively verify it. Conclusions are drawn based on the best available data. And guess what? That data changes over time, more data emerges over time, and that is why science changes over time. Not because it lied or that it was ignorant, but because it was working within the structure of the best available data at the time. And here's a big example from my childhood. In the 1980s, we were told that eating too many eggs would increase our cholesterol. Fast forward about a decade and science learned, there's the key term there, learned that the effects of eating eggs on the body were nowhere near as drastic as we once thought. With a decade to gather more data, do more studies, and ask bigger questions, science discovered that earlier data was incomplete. Having more pieces of the puzzle, it had more to observe. See how that works? Mm. And let's not forget that there is a lot more work done to disprove scientific theories than there ever is work done to formulate them or perpetuate them. Science tries, literally tries, to disprove itself in its effort to ensure being right. How many pastors are out there exegeting scripture looking for the chinks in the armor? I have to wonder about that. Now, what's the difference between a scientific theory and a scientific fact or law? Well, a scientific theory differs from a scientific fact or law in that a theory explains why or how. A fact is a simple, basic observation, whereas a law is a statement, often a mathematical equation, about a relationship between facts. For example, Newton's law of gravity is a mathematical equation that can be used to predict the attraction between bodies, but it is not a theory to explain how gravity works. Stephen Jay Gould wrote that, quote, facts and theories are different things, not rungs in the hierarchy of increasing certainty. Facts are the world's data. Theories are structures of ideas that explain and interpret facts. If we're going to talk about gravity, the fact is that if I'm up on a water tower with a rubber chicken and I drop the rubber chicken, where's it going to go? It's going to go down. Yeah. Okay. That's the fact. If I drop that chicken, it's going to go down every single time. I can have a thousand rubber chickens and chicken after chicken after chicken is just going to drop to the ground. So the fact of the matter is that every single time I drop a chicken, it's going to go down. Okay. But that is not the law of gravity, okay? That's not the theory of anything. The theory is that gravity is responsible for that. Right. That's where I think a lot of the disconnect comes into place. And what most Christians seem to not understand is that theories are based on observable facts. They don't exist to create facts. They are built on the backs of observable facts. That's what a lot of people, not just Christians, a lot of people don't understand how that works. But there are Christians out there, especially Christian leaders, that are exploiting people's ignorance about this yeah. so that they can keep perpetuating all of the bullshit that they cram down their congregants' throats. That's just the way it is. 
And speaking of things that Christians don't seem to understand, maybe that homeschool science curriculum could be a little bit more clear about what genitals are. Mm. Spoiler alert, genitals don't have nipples. And if yours do, please consult your physician. So with that lead in, what's our next story? And next in the State Republicans Gone Wild report, Nebraska legislative conservatives have put forward a bill making it a crime to allow children to attend drag shows. Cue the eye roll here. Oh, I'm way ahead of you. Don't sprain your eyes. I'm trying. The bill defines drag show as any performance in which the person exhibits a gender identity that is different than the performer's gender assigned at birth using clothing, makeup, or other physical markers, and sings, lip syncs, dances, or otherwise performs before an audience for entertainment. So Shakespearean actors, sorry, can't perform anymore. That's very true. Your high school wants to do a production of Hairspray? You're shit out of luck, guys. Yes, you are. State Senator Dave Merman states, I think the vast majority of Nebraskans would agree that sexualized dancing and enhanced genitals is not appropriate for children to view. Merman says he's never attended a drag show, but he's seen videos on social media. Oh my God, this is so fucking typical. I've never experienced this thing that I'm speaking out against, but I'm going to speak out against it. Of course. You know, it's like, going on Rotten Tomatoes and leaving a negative review of a movie that hasn't been released yet. It's the same basic thing, and yeah. people do that too. And yeah, for anyone who is not in the know, I mean, we all went through ninth grade English. We all uh, read Romeo and Juliet, unless you went to a Christian school, in which case I'm terribly sorry. But for most of us, our first exposure to Shakespeare was with Romeo and Juliet in ninth grade. Right. And at that time, we learned that the Globe Theater didn't employ female actors. Right. Even the female roles were played by men. The other thing that my brain latched onto with this was the lead-in of, I think the vast majority of Nebraskans would agree. You can think that. <laughs> you can think that all you want. And with all due respect, sir, I certainly hope that when it comes time for you to be reelected, the vast majority of Nebraskans comes out to the polls and proves you wrong. Yeah. That's a really, really volatile statement to make. When you consider that this is supposed to be a representative government, if you're going to stand there and basically admit that you don't understand your constituents, then your constituents should do something about that. Yeah. And seriously, here's the question on everybody's lips at this point. What in the sheer hell are enhanced genitals? Yeah. No one is wearing artificial vaginas. And even if they did, you wouldn't be able to see them because it's not a striptease show. Is he talking about breasts? Those are not genitals. Tell me you've never touched a woman without telling me you've never touched a woman. It's, it's amazing. And it's like, obviously, that's what they're talking about. You're not afraid of the word genitals, but you're afraid of the word breasts. Just it, just say augmented body parts if you want to get the message out there in a way that makes you look intelligent. Yeah. But thinking that a pair of breasts are genitals really doesn't go that far for you. No. It really does not. No, it makes you sound like an idiot. But, you know, anyone who's watched the news lately knows this is just punishing libraries for having drag queen story hour or anyone who puts on a child-friendly drag show. But now enters our hero, State Senator Megan Hunt, who submitted a motion to kill this entire bill. But she also did something more. 
Late last week, she filed an amendment that essentially rewrites the anti-drag bill to protect children from actual threats to their well-being, religious indoctrination camps. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. The amendment says there is a well-documented history of indoctrination and sexual abuse perpetrated by religious leaders and clergy people upon children. Where does it happen? Church camps, religious retreats, vacation Bible study, church lock-ins, Christian youth conventions. Oh, yeah, and I've been involved in all of them, and I can concur in spades with that. Absolutely. Therefore, she says, we ought to ban children from attending any of those. Yes, please. If we can't stop the parents from engaging in direct forms of child abuse like this, then sure, let the state step in. Yeah. This amendment was brought forward to make a point. Hunt knows it wouldn't pass. Sometimes you just need to make a point and get the opposition going. It's no different than suggesting that men get mandatory vasectomies to make a point against the people proposing abortion restrictions. When you are a progressive surrounded by conservatives, sometimes you need to use every tool you can to make the point that a law is foolish and has unintended consequences. If you can't change the opposition's mind, at least you can change public opinion. Well, yeah, you can, but it goes a step further than that, and it's the same broken record that I keep playing over and over and over on this show, Mm -hmm. and it has to do with the people who have brains that think clearly about these things actually doing something about who represents them in government, and that's the bottom line. we got one more, one more story for you this week, and it looks like this. So we've heard of the Mormons doing proxy baptisms to ensure that people that they like go to heaven or Kolob or the third planet from Altair. You really have to be our age to understand that. (laughs) Or wherever the fuck they think they go when they die. But these idiots take it to an entirely new level. Repentance by proxy. So tell us a little bit about that. And finally, the Museum of the Bible held an event called the National Gathering of Prayer and Repentance. The sponsors are a veritable who's who of Christian right hate groups, such as the Family Research Council, Liberty Council, the American Family Association, and others. The gathering consisted of penitents coming forward to offer prayers on every subject, from abortion to LGBTQ rights. The tenor of the prayer service was well encapsulated by Pastor Andrew Brunson, who became a right-wing celebrity after he was freed from detention in Turkey during the Trump administration. Brunson used his prayer to warn that the United States will soon face the judgment of God for having become the primary corrupter of the world by supporting LGBTQ rights. He says, The Bible draws a picture of Babylon as the wealthiest, most powerful city empire of its time, a nation that sets itself against God and uses its power and wealth to lead other peoples into immorality, Brunson said. This is us. We are Babylon. The United States is the Babylon of this generation. A panel of ex-gay activists who offered prayers of repentance for the LGBTQ community and asked God to cleanse the nation of the sins of homosexuality, lesbianism, bisexuality, and sex confusion. Sex confusion. Oh, fuck all (laughs) y'all. Jesus Christ. Sex confusion. (laughs) Yeah. This was immediately followed up by prayers offered by more than 12 members of Congress, including Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. You know what sex confusion is? 
thinking that sex is comprised primarily or solely of lights off missionary, that's sexual confusion right there. Mm. Kyle Mantella from Right Wing Watch writes, Representative Diana Harshberger was among the members of Congress who participated in the event, praying that God will put godly people in places of authority and remove people that are ungodly from places of authority. Put them out to pasture. We are the remnant, the people who stand in the place at times such as this, God to do your will. We're the only thing that stands between prosperity and destruction. Oh, my God. How dramatic. What what do you think? You're in a fucking Marvel movie? Seriously. Other representatives wept over marriage equality and reproductive choice and stated that we have lost our way because of rejecting God and Jesus Christ. Thus, we are bankrupt morally and financially. Isn't that like the mark of the beast in reverse? You have to know Jesus to be able to buy and sell. I mean, the logic, the displaced, convoluted logic that these people spew all the time. If I don't laugh at it, I'll just scream at it. So I'm just looking at this and thinking to myself, "Do do you not realize that you just made a statement that goes contrary to what you're supposed to believe about like anything? You know, we're supposed to have freedom in Christ, right? Yeah. Our livelihood isn't supposed to be contingent on our faith. I mean, salvation is a free gift, right? So if it's a free gift, then why is anything else contingent upon that? That one line proves that these people are nothing but parrots. And they just keep saying things over and over and over again that they've heard before. And if this person was challenged on the statement that she made, I just have to wonder how well she would be able to back it up right Mm. off the cuff. Yeah. Following their prayers, the members of Congress gathered around the stage where they were collectively prayed over by Tony Perkins and the audience. I speak a blessing upon these, your leaders, and I ask you to strengthen them and encourage them and to increase their number, Perkins said. And Father, I pray that we might be at a turning point in this nation once again of embracing you. Once again, evangelicals speaking for all Christians. I don't think they consulted anybody. When do they ever? No. And I got news for you, Tony Perkins. Uh, Your numbers are going down every single year. Mm. They're going down hard. And whatever you want to uh, pray to Sky Daddy for, you know, good luck with that. Because things are not going to get better for you over time. I mean, you may have infiltrated some of the highest echelons of government. But let's just keep in mind that this is still a representative government. And when you finally piss enough of us off, we're going to take back what's ours. And you're not going to have the power that you have right now. And it certainly isn't going to increase over time when the number of people in this country that even believe in any God in the first place is going down every single year. So again, good luck with that. So what have we learned today? In short, American politics is a shit show. We deserve to be laughed at by the rest of the developed world, and an alarming number of examples of this originate with evangelical nutters trying to make their country more habitable for their megalomaniacal imaginary friend. Folks, do I need to say it again? There are more of us than there are of them. Less than half of the people in this country identify as religious at all anymore. Why do we keep giving people who will never adequately represent us the power to hijack our representative government? The answer is simple, because people voted for them. So stop voting for them 
and they'll lose their voice. It's a very simple equation. Stop voting for them and vote for people with brains that understand things like logic and free thought and also understand that the decisions they make are about all of us, not just them, and not just their toxic, abusive, bloodthirsty, misogynistic, homophobic, hate-mongering miscreant of a deity. I'm still waiting for the lightning bolt, Yahweh. Have at it. Come at me, bro. We literally hold the power to change things in our hands. We have the responsibility to create a better country and a better world for ourselves and future generations. Keep your eyes open. Keep your voices loud. And stay informed about what your representatives in government are saying and doing on your behalf. We have the power to silence them when they fail to legislate in ways that reflect the wants and best interests of the people, and we need to use it. I may sound like a broken record sometimes, you know, I even used that same phrase earlier in this episode, but I will keep this bug in your ear because there is no more important thing that we can do than vote. It starts with that, and we need to do it. It's one crucial step that we can take to keep moving society in a direction that leads to getting and staying unbound. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Unbound. Show topics are chosen based on their timeliness, relevance, and social impact. Have suggestions for future topics? Email us at unbound.podcast.network at gmail.com with all your comments and feedback. Please don't forget to like, share, and throw a few five-star ratings our way and follow us on all major social platforms. And don't forget to hit subscribe if you haven't already. Links to our social pages as well as a full list of cited sources in today's episode are listed in the show notes available at our website, getunbound.org. That's get-unbound.org. If you value this resource and would like to see it continue, please consider supporting us on Patreon at the link in the show description. And be sure to check for new updates every Sunday when we'll come together again and take one more step toward getting and staying unbound. Unbound.